Shalom and uh, welcome back to BRNI Q&A. A question popped up last week on Tisha B'Av. Okay, a good question. First of all, we have to explain the background before the question. The background is that Rabbi Nachman revealed reciting the concept, the, the rectification, the tikkun called the tikkun aklali, which constitutes reciting 10 specific Psalms from the book of Tehillim. Ten chapters he picked out, right? I think I know them off by heart. 16, 32, 41, 42, 59, uh, 77, 90, <clears throat> uh, 105, 137, and 150. So he, he, he revealed this tikkun, and he said specifically for what? For a nocturnal emission, and he said specifically to say it on the same day that, God forbid, a person has an emission, to make sure to say it on the same day. Why? Because after that sunset, the evil forces created by the nocturnal emission, that also needs explanation. What does that mean? That means that in a, in a, in a man's seed, in a Jewish man's seed specifically, these are holy sparks. They're holy souls. They're potentially souls that could become a human being, right? And a million, billions come out, as we know about the sperm and science and everything in biology, that billions come out and only one makes it to become a child. The others are not considered wasted seed. They are also rectified because they were done as part of a mitzvah. So there's no grasp of evil to take them. They're rectified. But when God forbid a man has an emission where it goes to waste in vain while sleeping, for example... So if the if the mission was due to immoral thoughts while dreaming, so that is something dangerous. That is done by an evil force. Her name is, we don't say her name, Lamid Yud, Lamid Yud Tav. In English, it's L-I-L-I-T or T-H. She's the one who gets a man heated up while sleeping and then causes him to have an emission. And what she does is she takes the spiritual souls of those potential human beings that came out in vain she takes them into her domain of evil and a person has up to nightfall of that day because the day is considered chesed the daytime when the sun is shining it's considered a time of chesed when you can rectify once shkia hits once sunset hits you can no longer extract these souls easily what happens to them they become, Rabbi Nachman explains, become mazike alma. They become demons. The pure souls that were emitted by the man, who were technically pure at the time that they were emitted, if now he doesn't seek to rescue them, they after, after sunset, they choose to stay there. And not just to choose to stay, stay there, but they choose to become evil. They don't want to leave. They didn't want to leave. It's a big problem now. It's a big problem now. Okay. So in this, Rabbi Nachman revealed the Tikkun HaKlali, say, saying, on the same day a person, God forbid, has an emission, before sunset, he can extract and kill this evil force who took, who took the holy sparks of, of these souls, of these millions and millions of souls of the seed, which are wasted in vain. This rectification of saying the 10 chapters goes into the evil domain, kills the evil force that has taken over and 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 does an extraction of these holy souls back to the side of holiness. 
This is how the Tikkun Akali works as Rabbi Nachman reviewed it. There's other levels. There's the idea of going to his grave. Aside, this applies anywhere in the world, any time of the year. Besides that, Rabbi Nachman revealed the concept of going to his grave and reciting the, the 10 Psalms, which is for something more severe, because if that already does the job, what else would you need the Tikkun Akali to be said by Rabbi Nachman's grave if it rectifies such a serious blemish? This is considered wasted seed, is considered one of the worst sins possible because it involves taking holy souls and turning them into evil demons. <laughs> it's like, what can be worse than that? That's something really considered bad. And the, also, breed the covenant which is meant to ensure that a man has sexual purity. He doesn't have an emission. The word in Hebrew is called Brit. Brit is the numerical value, right, of, you have there, Brit 612. One for the word itself, it's 613. To show you that the mitzvah of guarding the covenant, sexual purity, Vitem Kedoshim, is equivalent to the rest of the whole Torah. The whole Torah is dependent on moral purity. If you don't have this, then a person is wasting their time trying to do other things. This is what he has to work on uh, achieving is, is sexual purity. I just on the side, just the people, you know, there are all types of challenge groups, WhatsApp groups for people trying to, to have sexual, sexual purity. And to say the reality, and today, anyone who has a smartphone, an iPhone with access to whatever, it's almost impossible for them to have sexual purity. It's almost impossible. If a person has access to whatever he has access to, unlimited access, you know, and he can choose whether to turn it on, turn it off. It's all like 20, 30 years ago, people didn't have these things. A person, if he wanted to do something bad, we have to go to like a, a candy store, a, a variety store and sneak in and buy a, a pornographic magazine. That was the that was the maximum. Or to go to a video store and he had to get, you know, the, the X-rated videos and then he had to show his ID and he was embarrassed to do it. Today, no one can know what you're doing. You have a smartphone. It's like almost impossible. You have to chuck it in a way, in a sense. That's what it seems, okay? That's how serious it is, the, the situation. But in any event, let's go back to what we're talking about. This, in a summary, is the Tikkun HaKlavi. What I wanted to say is that it seems that we're, we're, then we're, we're, when Rabbi Nachman revealed, in addition to the Tikkun HaKlavi, that he revealed also coming to his grave and saying there the Tikkun HaKlavi, saying there the Ten Psalms, it seems that's for something much more severe. The question is, what could be more severe than a nocturnal emission which does that damage? It could be something which is much worse, like the Zohar says, and the Code of Jewish Law itself, where it's the intentional wasting of seed, of masturbation, and those types of, of forbidden relations where man is literally wasting the seed on a on a on, on an open level, you know, bemezid. It's called intentionally. That it would seem, and I'm I'm uh, I'm scared to say this on my own shoulders. I'm basing myself, I would say, on Rav Ari Kaplan who says that the Tikkun HaKali is strong enough even to help and rectify intentional wasting of the seed. And if it can fix this, it's called a general remedy. Because if it can fix this, then it can also fix anything underneath that. That's how powerful the Tikkun HaKali is. This is the Tikkun HaKali that Rabbi Nachman revealed. And he said himself, he suffered and sacrificed a lot in order to have this revealed into the world. And it's a big, big rectification whether it's the one saying it on a day that a person has a nocturnal emission, or whether it's having the merit to going to Rabbi Nachman's grave and saying the Tikkun HaKlali there. However, Rabbi Nachman adds in a few places in his works, you can see in Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, Sichot Haran, chapter 141, 
and also the end of Rabbi Nachman's stories, the very end of Sipuri Masil, there are like addendums, seven, eight, nine even, addendums at the end of Rabbi Nachman's stories. Some of them have nothing to do with parables, some do. There also Rabbi Nachman decides to talk about going to the mikveh. So now what he says, he says that before saying these 10 Psalms, he said in Yiddish, the erste is mikveh. The first thing is to go to the mikveh. Mikveh comes first. And a person shouldn't wait, he says. If a person has an emission in the morning, then or whenever, to go to the mikveh, and even if it means saying the Tikkun Akhtali later on in that day, before sunset, of course, like he instituted in that same chapter 141 of the Tikkun Akhtali and other places, of uh, sorry, Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, 141, he says, nevertheless, go to the mikveh as soon as possible. So the end of Sipur Masiot, he has a very interest, interesting language. He says like this, I'm just going to read from the Hebrew, and then we'll just explain what the point is. Hizil Anasha, Rabbi Nachman warned his followers, that if, God forbid, if it befalls upon them having a nocturnal emission, God forbid, that they should go immediately, immediately to go to the mikveh, to dunk in the mikveh. Just a side note, this obviously doesn't apply to women, because women don't have the prohibition of wasted seed. Although a woman can and should say the tikkuna klali because it fixes so many other things in life. That's why it's called the tikkuna klali because it has general ramifications in its rectification. But the idea of the mikveh obviously applies to the men, okay? So he explains why he says, they should go instantly, immediately to the mikveh to dunk. Why? Here's the point. Because through the nocturnal emission, the damage which is caused, God forbid, is done. There's damage which is caused. Damage that is caused is done. Therefore, he's advising, you don't have to, look at his wording, it is very good. The wording here is very precise. That before it can begin, to be done, to be made, to have act, to have activated from this nocturnal emission, Ezidavar, something, God forbid, that the person from his side, Shayakdim Atzmoha Adam, that the person should initiate before any damage begins to start, and he should dunk in the mikveh and purify himself. So there's a question. What's the question? The question is, if now the Tikkun Akhtari does the job, he said himself, in the, in the, in here also, but also in Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, chapter 141, his wording is also clear. A person who has an, an, an emission should make sure on the same day they say Tikkun Akhtari, and there's nothing to fear anymore. Nothing to fear anymore, because definitely it was rectified. So if the Tikkun Akhtari rectifies the damage, why is he adding here? But if now... You should go to the mikveh as soon as possible because damage will begin to be done and it's going to be done whatever is going to be done. So it's better to go to the mikveh before the damage is done. But wait a second. If now the Tikkun Akali is going to clean up the job, <laughs> what the Tikkun Akali is doing the job already, what am I adding to go to the mikveh? I have to kill myself. I have to find $10, whatever, to find a mikveh that's open, number one. 
and then to have make sure I have the right change to put in the machine and to go in. Okay, it's already a schlep to go to the mikveh, and then you tell me, but the tikkun will do the job. So why am I wasting my time also going to the mikveh? What does it add? What does it add if already the tikkun does the job? So there's two things we can answer that are are done by the tikkun and by the mikveh, and by the opposite. There are two levels of damage caused by a sexual transgression, in particular, an emission. What are the two? There's one which is like in the brisker terms, on the cheftza and on the gavra, to explain. When a person has an emission, okay, God forbid. So then these souls are taken by the evil side. And if he doesn't, in enough time, before the day is over, rectify them, they become mazike alma. They become messengers of damage, evil demons, which means what? That they're responsible for bringing about evil into the world, for causing evil and damages and accidents. And there was this that happened. We can blame, yes, the Zora says, we can blame demons for having a part in bringing bad into the world, okay? So on the world level, damage is caused if I don't in enough time save them, rectify them. These souls, which are external from me now, they could have been my offspring, okay, but now they're external. And the damage they will be doing is on a world level to the whole world, not just to me, to the world at large. For that sake, I need to work at fixing the Tikkun HaKlali ASAP to help their souls of these, these lost souls, which are now trapped in the evil side, the domain of evil, to bring them out. So that's the Tikkun HaKlali for them. But now the person who had the mission, the mission is a Tum'ah. It's a severe impurity. Even in the Torah, it talks about that a person has a mikra bilti tahor. The Torah discusses in the book of Aikra that if a person has an emission, so number one, he has to leave the machane. He's not allowed to enter the machane of the shechina. If it was in the desert, he's not allowed to be in the in the camp of the of the tabernacle. He has to make sure that he can, he doesn't walk in until he goes to a mikveh. He has to wait till nightfall, and then he's allowed to come and eat of korbanot and whatever to enter the temple. If it's a coin, also he can't eat the truma if he had a mikre, if he's tameh, if he's impure. Okay, so there in the Torah already it's mentioned there's an impurity. Okay? So while a person is impure, okay, it causes damage to him. The impurity of the mission, the mission, the souls, that's the Tikkun Nakali's job to fix the souls. But the impurity caused by the person himself onto himself, that impurity has an effect on him. What type of effect? And whenever a person has a tumor, you can blame also in life when a person has setbacks and depression. You can blame it on tumor, yes. It's not just like a, a psychological thing. It also could be a spiritual thing that a person allowed for tumor to enter into his life if it's from seeing something bad or having a bad thought or saying Lashonara, whatever. Besides a sin, like a punishable sin, which is registered in heaven, Tuma can be caused by certain activities. In this case of the mikra, it's a severe, severe impurity, even more impure than sleep. And death. sleep is like considered one sixtieth of death. And that impurity is removed from a person when they do negelvasar. A person washes their hands in the morning on the hands. That's enough to remove that impurity of sleep, which is one sixtieth of death. But now that a nocturnal emission requires a mikveh, like the Torah says already in the time of the Beit HaMikdash, and Rabbi Nachman reveals today the mikveh also does that today. The mikveh is so powerful, even today, as impure person can be, the, the mikveh has a power to remove that impurity. 
So th this is the advantage. I have I have my own insight on that. That you know they say when you go to the mikveh, don't spend too much time there. You have some people they like socializing and schmoozing, like it's like a, like a jacuzzi or like a sauna mikveh, and you want to hear all the latest news, right? They have a joke. I'll tell a joke on the side when Obama was president. So his his uh, his ministers told him in the Pentagon, it, the Jewish people always know the latest news. Okay. He said, really? We can know before it happens? Yes, the Jewish people know the, the latest news. Where you hear the news? In the mikveh. So Obama dressed up as a chassid. He went to Borough Park. He put on the fake pants and a beard and the black hat. It's a joke, right? And he went to the mikveh and he asked, do you hear what the latest news is? He said, yeah, the latest news is that Obama came again undercover to, to hear what the latest news is. <laughs> there was a, he got the latest news himself, about himself. That was a joke on the side. But the idea is, unfortunately... Yeah, you see this even in, in Yerushalayim, in Masharim, you have young guys especially. They, they meet their friends, like schmoozing. So my insight is like this, that it's very important for people when they go to the mikveh, like they say, litbol velatzet, dunk and get out. Don't spend time there. Why not? Why not spend time there? Because the mikveh is so powerful. The impurity is on a person, right? The impurity due to the emission. Again, the souls are being rectified by the Tignoklali. But the impurity, which now will have a bad effect on me. And like he said here also, He didn't say specifically what. But God forbid damage is being done so long as his impurity is on me. The impurity of having the mission. The souls again, we're not talking about that. But the impurity now is on me. The mikveh is so powerful that as a person enters the mikveh, he sheds, he sheds from himself the impurity. So my joke is, it's my it's a fourth, if you want to say, that if you spend too much time in the mikveh schmoozing, so the evil impurity that's like roaming around the, above the mikveh is as roaming waiting to grasp somebody else. So somebody spends too much time schmoozing and socializing in the mikveh, so they jump on that person. It's as if he went to the mikveh, but he started schmoozing. He already dunked himself. He may, may not even have dunked himself. Depends on these type of people who like schmoozing and talking in the mikveh like it's a jacuzzi, whatever. But you spend too much time, the other person's tuma that he shed when he went into the mikveh, they attached themselves to this other person. That's my insight that I have. You can, you can find if you can accept it or not, it's up to you. But it's just an insight of why you have to go fast to the mikveh because the, the impurity is shed by the mikveh. That's how powerful the mikveh is. Okay. So the question is, will the tikkun akali still do the job if, God forbid, I can't do the mikveh? For example, there was a case of somebody who unfortunately had an emission on Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av, you're not allowed to go to the mikveh. Okay, so what to do? The question is, so if I can't go to the mikveh, so that doesn't mean the rectification is not done, and therefore it's a waste of time of saying the tikkun haklali? No, absolutely not. Rabbi Nachman himself said that in, even if you can't go to the mikveh, you tried your best and it didn't work, still say the tikkun haklali because it still does the job work throwing the souls. And the tuma, okay, there's another day for that, God forbid. But also... There's all there's this beautiful rectification that people used for the corona time, if you recall, something instituted by the Baal Shem Tov, and even the Ben Ishchai brings it down, of washing your hands 40 times. 20, what's called the one, one, two, two, three, three, four, four, up to 20. And then another 20, where it's like for, for, for washing, for eating bread. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then again, 10. 
Okay, even on Tisha B'Av, we're allowed to wash your hands up to the end of the fingers, right? So that also can be technically done. It's like, it's not ideal. It's a bidiyavad, a bidiyavad, a last, a last, you know, a last resort when you can't go to a mikveh. So you do that, you do the washing of the 40 hands. That can be done even on Tisha B'Av. But just because a person can't go to the mikveh, so you shouldn't say, oh, so I shouldn't say, the Tukana Kali won't work. No. The Tikkun Kali does its job of the major damage, the big damage on the souls, which is on a world reper repercussion level. For that, yes, the Tikkun Kali does. Mikveh is my personal tahara, my personal purity. What kind of the day doesn't allow me? Tisha B'Av is such a severe day. Okay, it's like one of the reasons why we don't say Tachanun on Tisha B'Av is because if you try to do something which is like a heartbreak, Tachanun, by the way, is a part of the davening where you are actually lowering yourself intentionally into the realm of impurity. The Ben Ishai explains that's very dangerous to do on days like Tisha B'Av, right? It's very damaging, even though it's a sad day, but you cause much more damage. The word in the Ben Ishai says that the evil has the whole day anyways. They have the day. They took the day. They have their day. They have their vacation day on Tisha B'Av, the evil side. So... It's just more damaging for us if we do it vidui. But the day belongs to them. So the mikveh, even if you're allowed, it won't necessarily do the purity because the whole day atmosphere and environment is impure. It's impure the day. They have that day. They were given that day the evil side. So the mikveh not necessarily can help us from our impurity. But tikkun aklali for sure is a must. So at the end of the line, the just to summarize, Tikkun Akali can be said without mikveh. It is preferred and ideal, really, for someone to do the maximum to go to the mikveh. In fact, it's good that a person gets so accustomed to going to the mikveh even daily, so that when an emission happens, anyways, he's going to the mikveh daily, Baruch Hashem, so that way he's adjusted to it. So when, God forbid, an, an, an emission happens, it's taken care of by the mikveh, even though he, he doesn't have to kill himself, oh, to find the mikveh now. If he got so used to going to the mikveh already, so it does the job, Baruch Hashem. Okay, but even if God forbid a person can't go to the mikveh, the tikkun aklali does the job, does the job of rectifying the souls. And we we should sum up with the Yiratzon that Rav Nosen ended. Yiratzon, he said that in the merit of this revelation of the tikkun aklali, that finally the ingathering of the exiles should take place of all the gathering, gathering of all the sparks and lost souls due to sexual blemishes, they should all come back to Zion, Yerushalayim. And of that, we should see the coming of Mashiach. And we should also fill Rabbi Nachman's promise of spreading the Tikkun Naklali, even the people who are not breast livers. Get the world into it, which Baruch Hashem is happening a lot. When you go to almost all Kibir Tzadikim, whether breast of Tzadikim or not, any universal Tzadikim, you find always copies of Tikkun Naklali, even by the Lubavitch Rebbe. That's such a beautiful thing. There's copies of the Tikkun Naklali there also. All the best, and Shavuot Tov, and we should have it only good in our lives. Thank you for joining.